Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <sighs> Mondays just became Mondays. Mondays just got more exciting. Powerball now draws three days a week Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Pam, still recording in five, four, three, two, one. Ooh, flexing on this Memorial Day weekend because big, sexy, Bizzle is back social distancing at the gym, and he didn't skip leg day. Yo, how does it? How does Not it at all, sir. He'll be back. We got we got to talk about that right off the rip. How's it be back? Like your new man. I, I can't even tell you, man. Like honestly, and, and I was so worried about the gym being weird, right? It's not. It's like people are just being very clean, and then you know, staying their distance from people. If you're not with, if you're not, you know, with somebody, right? But let's be real. Like everybody been dabbing each other up, like. It's been some pounds exchange, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, cause we the gym family, you know what I'm saying? The gym homies, the, you know, the gym homies. Like, we, we the, the gym family, so. Right, know. of course, yeah, there's heavy sanitation going on. Big time spraying wipes, you know what I'm saying, with the machines. But other than that, man, we getting back to it, man. Ain't got time for the Rona to be putting a damper on the fitness game, man. Can't do it. Hmm. Man, I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been hitting, I've been hitting these miles using, using these bands and all that shit's cool and important. You you can get a lot of quality work done, but I'll tell you what, man. I know L.A. ain't no ain't no telling really because people can. I mean, you you know from experience, people you give people an inch, they take a mile. Literally, nobody can. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah, they, yeah. They, bro. They they've had to reclose trails that they opened up, like the hot spots, like Eaton Canyon and Runyon. They're like right, people showing course, up on fucking Coachella. Right. right. People make always trying to do too much, man. Like that's <laughs> like you said, inch and a mile, man. Everybody trying to do too much. Damn, can y'all, can y'all, come on, man, like, there's one thing I can say about here, we, like, people here did it, did it right, right, when they had us locked down, it was, it was done properly, everybody, you know, cooperated at Walmart and all these stores, once all that little, that old crazy pandemonium hit, you know what I'm saying, where everything was being, being ate up, you know what I'm saying, and all the toilet paper was being magically destroyed, and, you know what I'm saying, paper towels and, and hand sanitizer, all that shit, you couldn't find it nowhere, but once everything became normal, once all that shit was over, everything just kind of mellowed out here, and people really did it the right way. Uh, the highways were bare; people were barely out. One time you saw people really moving and shaking, and if they were essential workers and they had to go to work, or, or you got to go to the grocery store, you know, you got to eat, you got to have, you know, what I'm saying things for the house. So people here did it right. I really think they did. And again, we don't, you know, this this thing is what it is, and they're making more of it, more of it than what it is. Let's be completely honest. It ain't fucking the black plague, right? <laughs> it's like, but it it, it, it can't be lethal. But I mean, shit, so can the flu. And like, we keep, everybody keeps saying that, but it's like, oh, it's not the flu. Well, it's not the flu, but it's in the same goddamn boat. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they cousins, <laughs> right? Really? So, yeah, really. So, you know, it's like, uh, if you want to compare it to anything, you, it's like the flu when, and it gives you asthma at the same time. Like, yeah, I mean, look, you know, we you can't you can't minimize it, especially for those who who have who have actually had it. And shout out shout out to the great Patrick Ewing, you know, get well soon. I know I know he's got it. It's real when you get it, but I think oh yeah, of course. I think it re I think it reinforces the importance of taking care of yourself. Right. I mean, period. As much as you can do, obviously, people you know are, are different walks of life. But listen, reviewers, as we know, a lot of, a lot of you are still you know high school, college age ball players. 
you know, young people in general, entertainers, stuff like that. We know that's a lot of our listeners. Right. You guys are in prime positions to take care of yourself, set yourself up for the future. And that's that's the best defense other than doing the basics, you know, washing your hands, all that fun stuff, is taking care of yourself because this thing latches on to the asymptomatic. If you if you're mm. fucked up out here wheezing going to Krispy Kreme, <laughs> that thing's that thing's gonna snap onto you, get all them good yeah, and, it, and it's gonna be so hard for your body to fight it, you know what I'm saying? Because uh it, it's it is advanced and Yep. It will, you know what I'm saying? Like Vinny said, it's like it's like again, it's like T1000. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of it kind of attacks yep. weak points. You know what I'm saying? And it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it makes things ten times worse. But uh, Cali, LA, y'all stay strong out there, Benny. You know what I'm saying? Everything will be back to normal soon. Uh, this is our first week back completely, mm-hmm. and I think we did pretty good, except. <laughs> except <laughs> for old Scottsdale, who ain't gonna never let you down. Right, if you pay any, any of your viewers out there, ever been out here to Arizona, you know, what I'm saying the Phoenix, the greater Phoenix area, and have been part of the debauchery that is Scottsdale, Old Town, then you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying what I'm saying. <sighs> Pray for him, right? Pray for him because look, Maya Pool Day Club was open Saturday, went crazy in that bitch. Y'all probably saw Floyd Mayweather on TMZ, you know, what I'm saying because he was out here, yeah, uh, cool. went crazy international. Uh, the boutique club out here, the hottest spot in, in 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 the valley, went up crazy, right? Old Town was just wild, and Old Town is probably five six blocks of straight clubs and bars, and you know, wonderful time. But right now, it ain't time to be doing that much. So that was my thing, Benny. When we got unlocked, when we got freed, if you will, I was like, okay, I'm gonna still, you know, be cautious of what I got going on. I'm going to the gym. You know, and and, I, and and my favorite store opened back up Ross, so I, I'm, I'm gonna go to Ross. I ain't been yet, but I'm gonna go to Ross this week and just kind of mill around like I do at times. Yeah, that you know, but that ain't much. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna go to the store. I need to go to the store. I ain't just gonna be out and about. Still doing things to be safe, right? To protect myself, take precaution, because again, this thing is real. It ain't you know, it ain't no joke. It is floating around. You know what I'm saying? People right. are carrying it. Ain't no joke. So we want to protect our old people, and we want to protect our people who have, uh, con- you know, they're saying contra- compromised immune systems and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. So reviewers out there, man, make sure that you're taking care of your folks. We need each other, right? We really do need each other, and this is just an example of how much we do need each other, right? So it's kind of good we're going through this bullshit. It's great that our leadership ain't shit, you know what I'm saying? So we understand that as people, we got to take care of ourselves and we got to love ourselves. If we don't, problem. All right, trouble bump. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, look, that that's the best way to put it. We got to be able to look after ourselves because they, we, there aren't exactly people in positions of power who are going to do it for us at most times. So, hey, man, at all. you know, do that. Just, yeah, you know, and honestly, bro, like times like this really reinforce the types of people that we are. You know, it's like other other than other than the gym being closed. I mean, a lot of this didn't necessarily affect to me, it seems a lot of your your day to day life in terms of what you like to do. If you're already kind of chill and you don't really need to do much, maybe occasional social, you know, function here and there. Right. I mean, you see people while and they're 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 walking right into the flame because they can't be away from a pool party for a month and a half. That's right. Wild, you know, we call it hot in the ass, baby. At the crib, the side we call it being hot in the ass. Right. Everybody out here was hot in the ass, especially these young folks from from about 20, 21 to about about thirty. 32, 
some of them thirties. Some of them, you know, that, that's that, that's a small that's number. Yeah, yeah, that's a small, hell, hell. Some of them my age, goddamn, out there can't keep their ass still. So you know, whatever. I mean, you like you like it. I love it. Just be prepared for it. You know, what I'm saying what what might come of it. Exactly. Well, look, we, reviewers, we appreciate you rocking with us as always. This is the JB and Benny Blue Review Podcast. We know you're Rona to death, but damn, we're oh, yes. that good dope, that quality content coming to you all the time. God damn it. Make sure to subscribe to us. It's JB with JB with the thumbs up. By the way, insert applause here. The Bizzle Man is official in the podcast game with the tell them what they want. It's a new microphone. <laughs> got him. Look at this, man. I got a mic, bro. Like, Look, and I ordered it like six years ago from Wish, so I'm glad I finally got it, right? You got it from North Korea It's projected crystal clear for y'all reviewers out there. I know the women out there love to hear my voice. And man, the words of Jeezy, the beeps love my voice. Oh, yeah. They voice. Oh yeah, man. You know, you you sound you sound like you're on the radio. You sound like you're on the R&B station on the late evening. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, don't touch that dial. You know what I'm saying? Don't touch that dial, baby. We'll be back with the midnight love session. JB. <laughs> right. That's why he sounds crystal clear, man. Sounding like butter because you got him right with the mic. And make sure to subscribe to us We're on all streaming platforms. Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on all social media at JB and Benny Blue. JB and Benny Blue Review.com for all past episodes, content, merch, all that good shit. Um, I'll tell you what, man. You know, we've been actually, I'm pretty proud of us. We haven't been going to see. You see, come on. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Facebook. You see, <laughs> hit it, hit it. All right. You know, honestly, I'm pretty proud of us because we haven't been, not that we would have anyway, but we have been pretty good about, you know, we, we've been, we've been, we've been living pretty decently without sports. I got to say it should be, it should be the NBA playoffs right now, which we enjoy, which we would talk about, you know, other baseball normally be getting in gear. Um, hell WNBA can be pretty lit. Don't sleep. Right, right, right. We'll be talking about the ladies. Yep, exactly. Um, but you know, got it. Got to give it to. Got to give it to some of the platforms out there that are giving us giving us good sports content. No, I'm not talking about all these dumbass hypothetical games and all that shit. I'm talking about the Last Dance documentary. Oh, uh, that was oh, oh. quality television, Benny. I'm quality talking about television. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, Look, ten hours. That's probably probably for a lot of people, and for me, I ain't gonna lie. That's probably the greatest ten hours that I've spent. In my life, you know, and I have to think about some other things that I've done, but that was a great ten hours of my life, bro. Yeah, like because I'm forty years old, so I lived through most of that. Right, mm-hmm. of course, when he went to the Bulls, and I was, you know, like '84 shit, I was, you know, like I was a baby. But as he got older, by the time he won his first championship, I was fully aware of who he was and what he was doing. Right, and I think what he won his first one, what '91? Yeah, '91, '92. Yeah, so I was fully aware of who this man was. And his greatness, and I was a Jordan fan, right? So, of course, I had a couple, you know, saying Bulls this and that, but my gang affiliation wouldn't allow me to wear that red and black. So, you know, shout out to the disciples. You know what I'm saying? We you know how we do. So, uh, but still, I was a Jordan fan, right? The ultimate competitor. And so you, anybody can say what they want to say about Michael Jordan, right? That that's what I'm gonna start with this whole conversation with, baby, because that's when I hear Michael Jordan's name, that's all I think of—the ultimate competitor, almost laughable, right? It's almost laughable because 
How many times were you watching the show, Benny, and you were like, oh, shit, here we go, because somebody, right. like, bumped into him at the airport or something right. Right. <laughs> and said the Bulls wasn't shit? Right. Bulls ain't shit? Okay. But that's all I need to go and win a championship next year. Right. The ultimate competitor, bro. Right. Like, and everything else was just great to see, you know what I'm saying? Just the relationships that he had developed, you know what I'm saying, with the people that he he, he yeah. every day, the people that quote unquote worked for him, you know what I'm saying? And like that, 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 it was great to see and for everybody to see that man was human. Like LeBron said, LeBron said, like to me, Kobe was, I mean, not Kobe, but LeBron said Michael Jordan was black Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was Jesus Christ to me. He's like, he didn't yeah. even feel like that man was a real person. Yeah. Right? I remember, I remember, I remember vividly when Michael Jordan was Black Jesus. I mean, I'm 32, so I I, I remember the first three Pete a little bit, but I more so remember the second three Pete. Right. My favorite three Pete because he had to change his game and make it more mental. He had old right. he had old man game to death. He oh, wasn't yeah. he wasn't swishing hands in midair and like oh. jumping from the free throw line. That was the first three Pete. Right, last right. La the last three years when he was fucking. Punching Steve Kerr in the face and giving Scott Burrell the business every chance he could get, and fucking smoking cigars and gambling all night and playing golf on playing thirty six holes of golf on a fucking day of a playoff game in that wild. Right. He his game elevated, and for me, bro, the, the the biggest takeaways is you see that connection with him and Kobe, not only about how they mirrored each other with the games, but you can see like I think it must have been episode seven or eight when they open with the ninety eight All Star game mm -hmm. and the East is in the locker room saying. Yeah, that little Laker kid. He's a, yeah, little Laker kid. He referred to him as that little Laker kid. Yep. And it's funny, and I know you noticed this. You notice when they when they cut to the interview with Kobe, and you see this with Kobe's first probably three or four years of his interviews. You can tell he's mega talented, but he's more so he's more so focused on his individual talent. There's something that happens around 2000, 2001, where Kobe really gets, he calls it the mama mentality, but it's the roots of it are in Jordan, where you mm -hmm. see that switch flip where he's like, I'm going to bust my teammates' ass in practice, even yeah. if they hate me, to get them to elevate to the point where we can start winning. Well, so I was going to say that too about, you made a great point, right? The first few years of Jordan's career was just about doing the damn thing, right? Just, just straight getting to it. And it literally physically exhausted him, right? After that third one, he was physically exhausted. I think he said it a couple of times. Yeah. Physically, not so much mentally, but physically, he was exhausted, right? But of course, then, you know what I'm saying, he takes a little break in baseball, kind of rejuvenates himself a little bit, came back, you know what I'm saying, got his ass kicked. And then you saw a different Michael Jordan, right? Like you said, you saw a more cerebral Michael Jordan who he understood more so than ever. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't doing it before because for the, the, you know, for the round for the first three-peat, he was busting their ass too, right? But he was still a bit of a young in himself with more game than them and more experience because he got drafted to the Bulls what, three years before Scottie Pippen did, two years, three years before Pippen did. And I think, I think Pippen came in 87. Yep. He got his ass kicked, man. Like, them, them, them damn Detroit Pistons, yo, yo Detroit Pistons, just busting him up, man. You know what I'm saying? And making him understand that, man. Made him gain weight, made him gain muscle, made him gain strength, made him change his body type, right? So then they get Scotty, they get some other guys in, and Mike starts to really say, you know what, man, we can we can do this. That was his aim the whole time, was to bring a championship to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but, I, you know, a couple people have said some things about the way he led, right? And how that wouldn't have worked for me and, 
So, first of all, Uncle Sam, Uncle Shay Sharp, he's my guy. You know, I love that man to death. I respect him as a, as, a, as a journalist. I respect him as, you know what I'm saying, a broadcaster. You know, I respect him as a TV host. I respect him as a football player. I respect him as a man. But I don't respect what he said about Jordan being a bully, right? I don't respect what he said about, oh, that wasn't a flu because Uncle Shay Sharp, I know some guys that played with you when you was older and, you, and they was rookies. I know some cats. So some of the shit that I heard that you did, some of the shit that I heard that you did is like, whatever. Y'all want to hear some crazy reviews? Watch this. Hey, I'm doing a podcast, fool. What the hell you want? Uh, hold on. I'm doing a podcast. What you want? Uh, man. All right, man. Never mind. Nigga, wait. What you using, bro? I'm going to FaceTime you right back. Hi, I'm going to FaceTime you right back. Bye. All right. <laughs> what the hell I done did? Now, see that, my folks? They crazy hell. So, look. What was I saying? God damn it. You're talking about how Shane Sharp was going in on bullying, and I kind of right. like when you're done. Like, you, Jordan was not a bully, right? No. Jordan was not a bully because a bully is not going to nurture, right? There was a nurturing side to Michael Jordan, right? He just wanted you to do your damn job at a high level, right? That when, when I, What I saw with him and Steve Kerr was, was great, right? When he looked at Steve Kerr when they were in that huddle on the sideline, right? And Phil was drawing up a play for Mike. Mike looked over at Steve and was like, you got this. He looked at him. He said, you good. You got this one. And he Cause had. Because I, I know what they finna do to me. And I know you're going to be open. So I'm going to let you know right now, I got faith in you. You know why I got faith in you? Because I tried to punk you and you stood up to me. Mm-hmm. You let me know that you down for the fight. Right. And I don't give a damn what team sport you play. You always going to have OGs that's going to test your nuts to see if you're down for the fight. Because if you're not down for the fight, they don't want to play with you. By the way, by the way, real quick sidebar. And I actually haven't heard anybody talk about this in this way. We got we to gotta shout out Steve Kerr because there was documented proof of Michael Jeffrey Jordan dragging, punking his teammates on yeah. camera. Oh, yeah. And letting them get away with it. And All right. He punched Steve Kerr in the face, and Steve Kerr squared up with him and earned his respect. And like, his what's happening? face got dragged on camera and didn't say shit about it. Hey, look. That, that's underrated as fuck. Oh, no. I, I, I have the utmost respect for Steve Kerr just outside of even knowing that that happened. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Steve Kerr speaks up about things, injustices, so on and so forth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you, 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 yeah, you better, right? You better. When I first got to the University of Southern Mississippi, Darius Thomas, Todd Pinkston, Sherrod Gideon, them boys wasn't T.J. Slaughter. You you trying to sneak in the frat. My we, my, my my defensive line coach and, and cousin, Willie J. McCray at South Pike High School used to sing the song from school days. I got a feeling somebody trying to sneak in the frat. Ain't going to be no shit like that. He used to sing that when dudes were slacking. Right. He used to sing it, and that's just the mentality of team sports. It's all your leaders have to make sure that the younger guys or the the less experienced guys are ready for this fight because that's what it's gonna be. And if I can't go to war with you, I ain't gonna trust you. You know what I'm saying? If I, if I can't go to war with you in practice, you ain't gonna stand up to me. If you ain't gonna fight for yourself, then how the hell I'm gonna, you know, trust you when we going against the, the Knicks? Like you said. Here, here's the point that I actually really want to get into, and of course, you're you're the, you're the alley oop segue king because you're taking me right there, and I want to get your perspective on this. 
from playing at the highest level. So I think in a lot of these recaps, because you know a lot of these other shows are going in, you know, either whether they're network or podcast or whatever, everybody's fi- everybody's talking about it, right? Because I mean, shit, it's it's the hottest show in town. It's it, like yeah, like you said, it's it's ten hours well spent. Yes, sir. Here's what I want to know about the biggest thing, and I and I respect. Shout out, shout out to Perk, shout out to Kendrick Perkins, because Kendrick Perkins is one of the only cats on these shows that actually has the stones to call out whack shit. And not just kiss ass by a lot of players. Let's be he real. He, he's, he other than us, right. he, he's one of the only. He's one of the only platforms that says, "Hey, yo, Kevin Durant, maybe you don't have burner accounts. That shit is trap. Right. Like you're a hell of a player. You're a future Hall of Famer. Having burner accounts to defend yourself is weak as fuck. And Perk right. got called, Perk did that and got called out for it. It's like you're calling him out for doing that. He's being real. That's some weak ass shit. Right. He called it out. And he didn't bite his tongue when it came to the documentary. He said, and JB, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that. He said, when you look at The Last Dance, the whole documentary, it made Michael Jordan look like a superhero and it made everybody else look like a villain. Michael Jordan broke every player code imaginable. Some of the things he was saying with Scott Burrell, saying he was in the club every night, talking about what Horace Horace Grant said about guys doing drugs, everyone except for him. And then The Last Dance hurt Scottie Pippen, people... People today are looking at Scottie Pippen like a selfish individual. At the end of the day, the last dance was to praise Mike, which it should have been, but you didn't have to tear down other people to praise your greatness because your greatness alone speaks volumes for itself. Now, parts of that I agree with in terms of what he's talking about. And I think this part, I think that, I think my one issue with it is that this whole thing got kind of chatty patty. I think Isaiah kind of got dealt a raw deal a little bit and you know, Horace Grant was kind of saying some shit and there was so, sort of like some like Takashi 6 9 business going on with him. So break that down as far as like the player code part of it that kind of got exposed from a time, like you said, where Jordan's leadership ain't really the shit that plays in the AAUification of the league today. Right, right. Right now, everybody's friendly buddy, buddy. I think honestly, to be real, completely real, real about the whole situation's last dance is that I think Michael Jordan wanted to, just wanted to be the fucking truth. Right. I think well, he just wanted to be the truth. Like I think he wanted to be the whole entire truth. Yeah. I don't think they left anything out. Right? I don't I don't think think that, for that time frame, I don't think they left anything out. I think they covered all bases. And, and you know the great thing about it is that he was talking to himself. So he was prepared for the backlash. Right? He knew that it was going to be some people that say, I'm pretty sure he already knew that because you can't he watched the damn thing before they showed it, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, so, yeah. And, and at that time, he was like, you know what? I shouldn't say that about Scotty because somebody going to say something and think I'm... He ain't care. He don't give a damn. He wanted the truth to be put out there. What the fuck Scotty Pippen mad for? He chose to sit on that goddamn bench. Right? And I can't blame Scotty for that. Just be fucking real. Anybody who says they can't... They, 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 you know what I'm saying? That, that that's bullshit for Scotty. That's bullshit for you. Because that man was undervalued his entire fucking career. He was with the Bulls. They never paid him shit. You know what I'm saying? So now he's the motherfucking man. He got plays to the left. You know what I'm saying? Kukos, you know what I'm saying? He was going to try to draw a play for Kukos. And, you know, Scotty was like, dog, this is why I'm here. So he didn't see it as a fuck my team thing. He saw it as, you know what, I'm tired of this shit, man. Like, y'all, y'all, you know, y'all been fucking with me for a long time. You're like Bernie Mac, you know what I'm saying, on Kings of Comedy. Y'all been fucking me for a long time. I'm tired of this shit, man. So right. Scotty was like, you know what, fuck it, man. And he ain't know what else to do, right? He didn't know what else to do, so he sat his ass down. 
So not, not and, then, and of course, but but everybody perception is everything. You know? So it's about what people saw, about what they, about what they think, about what they saw. You know, oh, man, Scotty, you fucked out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at it from Scotty's perspective, right? Jordan was like, Scott, I know he fucked up. Yeah, Scotty did know he fucked up. At the same time, I don't, I don't think Scotty was thinking about that at that point, right? Scotty was thinking about how he was underappreciated, and Scotty said it. I'll probably do the same thing. Right, right now, you know what I'm saying? Put me in the same situation, I'll probably do the same thing. That is a man that's disgusted, right? He's disgusted, right, with what they're doing to him. So, and as far as Horace Grant shit, again, Jordan wanted it to be the truth. These boys is grown, old, you know what I'm saying? All that old locker room code shit. Jordan never said nobody's name when he's talking about the smoking and the drinking and the hoes and the guns and the drugs. He ain't never said nobody's name. Right. He didn't say one person's name, bro. So I don't understand, like, that's not snitching. If you say something, you say, man, them boys over there drinking and smoking. It can be a lot of motherfuckers over there drinking and smoking. Right. For right. shit. Yeah, I mean, at, at, be- at best, at best, it's dry. And I think, I think the shitty thing about it is it's like, you know, you when you talk about shit that at the end of the day, and you know that I know this, when when you play team sports, there's going to be, there's going to be, especially if you if you reach if you reach a certain goal, or depending on how your season went, whatever the case is. When it comes down to it, unless somebody's doing something egregious mm. and, and fucked up, you're going you're going to remember certain points of the season. And I think I think it was good that they showed his his intensity. I think it gets I think it gets kind of weak when they when they start getting into the uh, pettiness. And the unfortunate reality is a lot of this has to do m- more so with the media covering it after the fact right. than it does right. with, with the actual um, with the actual documentation of it. And you know, look, Michael Michael was an executive producer. It doesn't come out without his seal of approval. But to, but to your point, I mean, look that that man that man poured his yak. He lit his cigar and he you know he told he, he let told, it be known. He let he it be known. Know. And everybody popping off in the mouth about, oh, Jordan wouldn't talk to me like that, Jordan. We had, you know, so we had. Okay, good. That's what he wanted. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Like you down his house and put a quote out on, on, on like Bleach Report or some shit. And they, they quoted like me, me, me and Jordan would have to catch fake. That's what he wanted. Right. He wanted you to stand up and catch a fake. Catch that fake. Because you, then, and then after that, you're going to get mad respect. Yeah. Okay. You know what, so, what, what is his name? To get the kid from Connecticut. What was his name? Uh, kid from Connecticut. The kid from Connecticut. Yeah, the one that he was fucking with the whole time. Um, Scotty. His name was Scotty oh, too. Burrell. Yeah, Scotty. Yeah, so Scotty Burrell. So Jordan didn't hate Scott Burrell. He didn't. He oh, wanted, He saw. He saw the potential in him. He, he said it. He said, "I see the potential in this kid." He said, "But I also see the lack of determination. I see the lack of focus." He says, we're going to try to get him up to speed. Let me, let me tell you something. In, in sports or in life, because I've experienced both, and I know you yeah. have. If you've, never, if, you've never, if you've never come to blows with someone when you're working on something important, chances are you're not trying to reach that, that next level of greatness. Not I know enough. that sounds extreme, but right. that's real. That's a right. real thing. Look, me, me, look me, and Benny, me and Benny had huge discussions about this, that, and the third. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But we want our podcast to be the best. So I'm not gonna agree with everything Benny say. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna do it's the same with me. Like we, you know what I'm saying? This ain't what that's about. We gonna give it to you raw. And that's now Benny. I'm, again, I think that's what Jordan's whole thing was. He yeah. wanted it to be the truth. You know what I think? And I think it was. I think it was symbolic, man. Like at the end where he talked about the Phil Jackson thing, right? With the whole come in, talk about something, burn it, set it fire, and now it's done. 
I think that's what Jordan was doing. Right. right? It's done yeah. now. Right? I just set it a fire. I'm putting it out there. I'm setting it a fire. Setting it a fire is giving it to y'all or to us. Yeah. Now it's done. In his mind, he he That's the he, best analogy. That's he decompressed. Real yeah. shit. He decompressed soon as soon as the last episode went off. Yep. You could see it on the camera. He was just like. I never have to say this shit again. It's completely. Never. And one of the realest moments, yeah. one of the realest moments to me, and I know everybody thought about it, I felt it. I almost cried. You know what I'm saying? When he yeah. sitting there holding his hands out, he was like, like, that's the way I played. You didn't play like that. Basically, that's you. But yeah. you, you, and reviewers, let me tell you something. I think I, so I tweeted, I commented on a tweet when they showed the little snippet. If you, it's hard to understand what an athlete goes through, right? And I, I ain't reached nowhere near the level of greatness that Michael Jordan is. Nowhere near, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm down there by his ankle, right? The man's a, a, a walking god, you know what I'm saying, of sports. People can say what they want to say. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player to ever live. He revolutionized the game of basketball, right? He changed it. When Magic and Larry Bird kind of started the fire, he burnt down California. Right? He, the huge blaze, he burnt down half the fucking United States. He was that big. He was the first, I don't care what nobody say, he was the first global, globally recognized, globally loved phenomenon, iconic sports figure. Yeah, I think that's 100%. He was the first one ever. He's the reason why the NBA is what he is right now. He's yep. the reason why it's so successful overseas right now. He's the reason. Magic was cool. Very was good. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knew Magic and Bird for the most part, but not like Mike, right? So you don't understand what it takes to pour your heart out into something that you don't know what you're going to get back from, right? You don't know, right? And everybody says in sports, it's like, okay, you know, you, you, you get out what you put in. Not always, right? He did like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he didn't start working that hard, you know what I'm saying? When he got to the league, he worked his butt off because the coaches said it. When he was in North Carolina, unreal. They knew he was going to be special then. And he gets to the league, gets his ass kicked, yeah. gets back up, keeps pounding, he's fighting, he's fighting, keeps pounding, gets one championship, hunger for more, five more come, sacrifice, lost his father in the process, right? And we don't know what the hell happened. So we ain't going to speculate about what happened. But he, he lost his father, his rock, right? Had to fight through that. Went and played another sport and was successful at that. That should tell you, reviewers, how mentally strong this man was and how his hunger to be successful in whatever fuck he was doing right. drove right. him. He hit over, what they say, over over 200? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, Terry Francona. His, 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 yeah, his, his ribbies was crazy. Yeah. Crazy enough. And the ribbies, RBIs, people don't know nothing about baseball, but his ribbies was crazy, right? Crazy enough to get him into the majors, right? If he'd have played a few more games, his ass would have got a contract in the majors. Like he was the ultimate competitor. Yeah, yeah. And right. and real quick, one one before before we get into our uh, quick new patented segment, uh, most important unanswered question: uh, In what year did Michael Jordan forget how to dress? What year was it? It was it like 04, 05? Because somewhere in that range, uh, your man started dressing 
bad. I don't know where all the baggy jeans. Yeah, the, the boot the cut long sleeve shirt. This wide. Right, he got he got on like bell bottoms, like for real. Like I, I don't know what Mike got going on. Mike got to get like, style with, like, with like leather shoes though, with like shit right. that to his feet and. Yeah, I, I don't know jeans. what Mike Mike need to get a style. I know he got a he got a new boot thing, so she need to tell Mike, look, man, you're a handsome dude. Michael Jordan, can you just at least put a fitted suit on? It ain't got to be Euro, but can you at least put a fitted suit on? Can you at least wear jeans that fit? Can we get get you to wear something else besides the 1990s look with the, with the sports coat and, you know what I'm saying, the large button-up shirt underneath it with the big jeans? And like you said, the fucking, uh, you know, some, some, old, some old dress Jordans, like, Come on, man! Like you, like I don't know. It, it's just it's not a good look for the goat, man. Like we gotta, we gotta get his ass in gear. You know what I'm saying? I, I, but I mean, I don't know. He's Michael Jordan. He can wear what he want to wear. No, 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 no. No man is an island, Michael Jordan. No man is an no. island. No. All right, we got to get that together. I'm with you. I man. feel like, that, I feel like this is next rebirth. I really do because I've seen I've seen pictures of him recently where, where clearly somebody like gave him an outfit and mind you, it's his own brand, so they ain't right. more fucking player than that. It right. was his own brand and the shit fit well. And I'm like, this Uh-oh. is what I'm talking about. Just Uh-oh. wear that. Oh, throw all the boot, throw the boot cut, fucking uh, lousy true religion. Fucking light that shit on fire. No shade of true religion, but come on now, some of your cut. You know, just like you gotta, you gotta get rid of that shit. Like, I don't know. It's like it's like when the, when the nineties ended. He just, I don't know. His 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 style just went through the roof. I don't know. It was, I mean, it, it was, I don't know. It's crazy. Bad, know. bad bad business. Not good. The goat, the goat. Nonetheless, sometimes the wardrobe needs needs fixing. But hey, you know, you we're get, not perfect. Nobody's hey, perfect. You get a pretty good. You get a dealt a pretty good hand. I must say that shit. Yeah, you. Right. you know what I mean, all right. Look. Real quick before we get into our special guest for our, our Be Real With Your Guide series, we're going to introduce a new segment that, honestly, reviewers, the Rony, the Rony, Rony, Rony time has let us know, as JB said, in, in, some of our, in some of our discussions in terms of how we want to evolve this fine program. We want to start bringing you even more uh, engaging segments, stuff that you can sink your teeth into and join the conversation with us. Mm. So we're introducing a new segment uh, about uh, folks uh, fucking up and then trying to explain themselves. Uh, and you can cue that Shaka Khan instrumental right now. Oh, man, let it rip, please. <laughs> the JB and Benny Review podcast new segment, what had happened was, cue the music, pow, 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 pow. All right, look, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I got I got to hear what the Bizzle Man's got to say. So, your guys, some of your guys, I don't know, maybe, young Sleepy Joe Biden. Woo! He's out here cutting promos from the comfort of his own home. This fool gets on an interview with the Breakfast Club, and credit to Charlemagne. Charlemagne's developing in, into quite the uh, interviewer. Some people also think he is a is a bully, even though he knows how to get good interviews out of it. Right, right. So they trust him to have a good interview with a uh, presidential candidate one on one, and uh, he knocked it out of the park. He, he didn't let he didn't let him off. He asked what Joe Biden was going to do for the members of the black delegation. And, right. uh, you know, he had some answers. He had some political, you know, Gregory Hines, you know, it, you know. A little tap dance, a little dance around that thing, a little tiptoe through the water type deal. Exactly. However, yes. the, uh, the hot spot of this interview was at the very end when uh, Charlemagne was pressing him on what he was going to do for black folks. Uh, he basically said, I think he's mostly right. He said, if you have to, if you have to decide if you're going to vote between me and Trump, then you ain't black. And uh, look, 
you know, as 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 a as a comic, I understand when a joke doesn't land. All right, but uh, you're 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 fucking you're fucking around uh, in a time right. when that ain't really when that ain't really uh, the move. Uh, and then he tried to walk it back, of course. And uh, you know, I think backpedal like Deion Sanders. Exactly. I think he'll live to see another day. But it was a classic one of those. What had happened was where he's like, "Wait a minute, that's not how I meant it." But JB, when you heard it, what? How did? How did you receive it? I knew exactly what he was trying to say. Right. I. So it came like just that. Just like the segment said, what had happened was that this is definitely what had happened was moment because I knew what he was trying to say. Right. And. Contrary to what any black person says on Twitter, trying to be like, oh, well, I don't know what Joe Biden's talking about. You know what the fuck he's talking about, right? And he said it in so many words that we say, you know what I'm saying, as black people. I ain't vote for no fucking Trump. Yeah, I'm black. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? What the fuck I'm voting for him for? He ain't got, I ain't got nothing to do with that, right? So even though... He said it and it sounded weird. Notice that it's over. And nobody said nothing about it. It was like the first couple days and everybody was riding on. Now it's like, okay. Like so he most said what he said. being honest. Right. So he said what he said, but he was being real because it's like, look, man, I'm down with Obama. You know what I'm saying? Plain and simple. I don't know what I did, you know, back in the past. Now he was he was a dirty motherfucker too back in the day, but all politicians ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm just be real. So he he's like, look, man, I rode with Obama for eight years. You know what I'm saying? So you know, you know I'm riding with y'all. This 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 is basically Joe Biden talking, you know what I'm saying? The, the black the black man inside of Joe Biden wanted to come out and say this. He's like, look, man, I roll with Obama. That's my dog. I call him right now. What you mean? You know what I'm saying? That's my dude. Matter of fact, I'm gonna have lunch with this fool when I'm doing this interview. Y'all know. Who got your back? You know what I'm saying? Who you riding with? You riding with Biden. That slogan is not to be taken lightly. Right. It's coming up. Riding with Biden. <laughs> Riding with Biden. Riding. R-I-D-I-N. Ain't no G on there. Right. There's no riding with Biden. No, it's riding with Biden. That's targeted, sir. <laughs> like, that's targeted. That slogan is targeted to, to more urban ears. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's genius. And so, me personally, everybody... You know, say what they want to say about politics. Again, I'm a firm believer that all politicians are crooks, some kind of way, right? Yeah. But my thing is this: we didn't have some real shitty presidents, but at least they knew how to run the country, right? Yeah, at least they knew how to handle was a pandemic, a certain situations. Bro, bro, listen, and I, and I ain't just trying to just jump on Obama. You know what I'm saying? His, 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 his. I ain't trying to roll. You know what I'm saying? Ride right on his coattail. But we had at least five. In his tenure, we had at least five horrible uh, diseases and uh, viruses and yada, 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 and some stuff that could have caused pandemics that never did cause a pandemic because he was smart enough to say, you know what, I hired these people to do a job. Now I'm going to let them advise me. We're going to come up with a plan to keep the people safe, as safe as we can keep them, right? No... And it wasn't no motherfucking falsified reasoning like, yo, we're going we gonna to do this we all going to be straight. No, not what I'm saying. But if we do this, we can be better, right? So there's no panic, there's no propaganda, there was no mass hysteria, right? Eight years, man, that man was there and he dealt with all kinds of shit. But we got dumbass in there right now who don't know shit about shit, hire motherfuckers that don't know shit about shit and he ain't never been a politician, he don't know how to run the country. 
he's not qualified to do the job. All right? Period. Never mind the fact he's a douchebag, right? I, he, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, we got to think about this. Trump was accepted back in the day in the community, in the urban and hip-hop community, because he had money, right? Right. And money, so he was he was rubbing elbows with the, with the people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So which is which is hollow. It's that's not that's oh not, yeah, that's, yeah that's that's shallow, straight shallow. How that's nothing. Like again, you got money, I got money, so let's be around each other type shit. You know what I'm saying? That's what you got back in the day. That man is not qualified to do a lot of things. I mean, a lot of things just because we you, we've learned so much about him since he's been president of the United States. He's not qualified to do a lot of things. Father, uh, husband. Um, Uncle, <laughs> like, friend, run a country. Yeah, yeah, run a business. Run, run, run a university. Mo- run, run a state company. He's a fake he got, billionaire, people. That's why right, he, he got he, 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 he his tax returns. He's like, I, I know I'm a fraud. He has more unsuccessful businesses than he has successful business, right? So it is what it is. So, but, but back to Biden, man. I mean, he said what he said. He didn't call nobody no nigga. You know what I'm saying? He, again, I feel like he said something that black people already feel. To right. me, to me, you know what it is? To me, it's a classic case of right words, wrong interpretation. Right. What he said was real, but because right. of the climate and hit coming from his voice and all right. the, those things, people took it a certain way, which I get. But at the same time, you got you gotta credit you gotta credit Charlemagne for staying in the pocket and saying, No, it ain't about you picking one or the other. It's about what are you going to do for us? Right. You're doing the same fucking exactly. dog and pony show with the right. bullshit. Right, right. Let's be real. Let's be real. It happened to a certain extent under our guy, Mr. Barack Hussein Obama. Of course, like, bro. There was still some smoke and mirrors with that too. Oh, of course. Real. He's a politician, dog. Like I tell people all the time. Benny, the reason why people love Obama is because he's a fucking normal human being. Yeah. Right? He was qualified to run our country, and he's a normal human being. We saw him drink a beer at a basketball game. We seen him play basketball with, with, with North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? We, we we watch him love on his wife, smack her on the booty every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Look her in the eyes, and you see the love. You know what I'm saying? We seen him kind of give his daughters the act. You know what I'm saying? Like, these things made him a normal human being. So along with the fact that he was the first black president, which we ain't gonna take that away at all. Right. Never I never thought I'd ever see that in my lifetime. He, he was there for eight years, so he was doing something right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and it wasn't just because motherfuckers was, was just wanting to be in there, like like the majority just wanted to be in there. You know what I'm saying? Anytime he, you know, he had a, bro, he, he won the, the elections by majority every time. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By majority every time. So that means that the whites, the whites, Wow. Was fucking with him heavy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That means you know, no matter how many, you know what I'm saying, you, the, uh, them, uh, them South will rise again, motherfuckers. It was like that motherfucking nigga in office. It was more the whites. I'm talking about liberals, conservatives, the whites that was rocking with Obama. You know what I'm saying? Because they realized that this man knows how to run our country. He kept us safe for eight fucking years. He killed Osama bin Laden. Whoa. You know what I'm saying? Call the order. Yeah, y'all do y'all handle that. Click. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, they they showing the statue getting yanked down. He's dead. Right? So Biden is gonna be a better candidate for the United States presidency, right? Strictly, strictly on the strength that he was a vice president for eight fucking years. Right? Strictly on the strength. Now, what is he gonna do for black folks? Who the fuck knows? You know what I'm saying? Because he was part of the, the you know, people that grew that made the three three strike rule back in the day, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of brothers in prison 
based on what Biden done did. And I ain't taking, you know, motherfucker, you fuck up, you fuck up. I ain't, you know, you know what I'm saying? I ain't saying that, but some of the things they putting brothers away for, but it wasn't all that. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, again, we talked about right it. Right now, yeah. 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 Again, we talked about it. Everybody ain't squeaky. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Joe did say that. Brothers and sisters just been saying it a different way, right? And then to hear it come out of his mouth, everybody was like, Right. That's all which, it was. Which, by the way, not 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 saying he was right for saying it, but it is kind of funny considering that that Trump cuts a promo that's more ridiculous than the last every single day. Every time. And it's nor it's normalized now. This yeah. motherfucker's saying he's saying a, he's taking a drug that will literally fucking kill you from the side effects, and he's sitting there cutting a promo saying, I take it. I've been taking it for three weeks, and he's blatantly full of shit. Blatant. There's this no is, way he's taking it. This is the same motherfucker he, he that said, that. "Was he gonna, he's gonna shoot up on, on the fucking uh, podium and shit." That's what we ask. That's that's what the people want to see. They right. want to see you taking this fucking drug. Right, so yeah, take it. Yeah, don't take it, Trump. Let's please, it. like, take two doses. This is the same motherfucker that was like, "Yeah, so you know, we could do disinfectant spray. You inject it in your body. It'll go." There's this same man that said this now. That was like that's like that's like a that's like a Thursday for Donald Trump, like. Just normal day. You wake up, roll out of bed. Oh, I got, I got a press conference. Let me, watch. let me say some of the dumbest shit I can think of. But here's the thing, like him and the viewers, you know how we are. We're not no political group. We just kind of got into this whole thing with Biden. Here's the thing that fucks me up, Benny. And it really, and he opened up. And I said this when he got elected on on, on the podcast. He opened up a can of worms that was closed and sealed and put on the ground, right? But people still kind of going back and peeking at it. racism, right? Hate. He opened up that avenue so that the rednecks can come out of the mountains, you know, for fucking their cousin and say, I'm voting for Donald Trump because he hates niggas too. You know what I'm saying? He hates Mexicans, he hates niggas, he hates Jews, right? He hates Chinamen. So he opened that up and he tapped into that resource, which is ignorance, he tapped into it. And, and it, what, what kills me about the people that follow Donald Trump is that he says and does some of the dumbest shit. I, I'm talking about just fucking mind-blowing stupid. Like hurts, like hurts your brain dumb. Right. You lose brain cells listening yeah. to the man talk. And they still sitting there like, I understand what he's saying. No, but 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 to bring it full circle, you know what they do? They try to do what had happened was for what he said. Well, he said it like this, but it's like no, always, always, it's always what what had happened. This is what he really meant to say. I don't give a damn. He grown. Why he couldn't say it himself? Look, anytime you see his people around him, like, can y'all shut him up, please? Like they looking at each other like. I ain't write that shit. That like that's how they looking like. Like Doctor you know Fauci. Like, he's like he's talking about putting lice on your veins. Like what the fuck? To the to the to the extent reviewers, I'm gonna say it again. To the extent that the owner, not the CEO, not the president, the owner of Lysol came out and wrote <laughs> wrote an explanation and said, "Please, please do not inject my product into your veins." It is not going to end well. And I don't want you suing my ass and your people suing my ass. Cause, please, because of what this asshole done said. Please, right. don't do that, right? <sighs> so look, to put, to put a bow on it, Joe, uh, before we get into a, to our first break, um, make sure you pick the right VP and lean, just lean, lean, lean on your support staff. You know, President Obama's going to come out for you. 
Mrs. Obama's going to come out for you. Bernie's going to come out for you. All the people you ran against are going to be, they're going to fall in line and they're going to push Hillary's going to come out for you. So we got, we got, never mind. I was going to say something, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> Hillary, yeah, Hillary, you might want to send this one out. But everybody else, they're going to be coming for you. Just lean on them. Win by, you know, certain, certain, we're talking about sports, certain teams win with superstars. Certain teams win with just uh, a gang of role players. And then, big, and big time me, role players. For me, for me, JB, my vote is someone who voted for President Obama twice. I'm voting by committee. I'm not. I don't really fuck with Biden like that. But I'm voting for the Biden committee. I'm not voting right. for oh, him. Yeah. I'm voting for Again, the people that comes with you're, him. You're, you're, just like I said, you're voting for the fact that that man is qualified to do the job that he is applying for. Right. That's what, you, that's what you're voting on. You're you're banking on. I know this man knows how to do this job. I don't really fuck with him. I don't really like him as as as, as candidate applicant. But the other motherfucker, damn sure ain't qualified, so I'm not going to hire him. Yeah. And America, I suggest that you do the same. Yep, there it is. Here's All right, folks, when we come back, we are getting into another edition of our Be Real With Your Grind interview series with our guy, Antoine McClain. We're going to talk about his career in the NFL, transitioning into student-athlete engagement, getting into player development, his aspirations for getting into uh, more of the decision-making roles with the league and the teams and all that good stuff. All that when we come back, this is the JB and Benny Review podcast. Be right back. Shout out. Hey, Bird Gang. It's your boy, former Cardinal Jeremy Bridges. Tune into the number one podcast on the web, my show, the JB and Benny Review, right here on KSRN Arizona. Four, three, two, one. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the JB and Benny Blue Review podcast. We are hope you ha- are having a safe and wonderful Memorial Day weekend. I know it's Memorial Day weekend under strange times. You're doing barbecue from social distancing, holding this shit in a fucking six inch pole, six foot pole. Hey, that's 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 how you gotta do it? That's in certain places, Benny. You know that's saying? in certain places. In Texas, certain places, Arizona. Hey. <laughs> They wilding out here. I'm telling you, like, I oh, know. I know. I got, I got people who are out there right now. It's yeah, they it's, wilding, bro. Yeah. LA, plus, look, plus, LA plus out here, media, sir. Ugh. LA out here, the, uh, the valley out here. It's, it's out. It's going on. You know what I'm saying? It's going on. It's going down. The people out here, numbers, coronavirus cases are being fabricated. This shit is pandemonium. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? It's going, it's going crazy. But that's the world we live in right now, 2020. Exactly. So look. As long as you're being safe, uh, we salute you. Uh, and if you're just out here doing whatever you want to do, if you come out of this with Corona or crabs, that's on you. All right, because you you made that choice. You made that choice as a consenting adult. Damn it, man! Listen though, listen. One of the realest things I've seen a dude post. It was um, what's what's that guy? Uh, David, the comedian, the chubby cat. I'm sure David Lucas. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dave. So- <laughs> So Dave, Dave posted that, uh, I don't. He said, I think the post went like this. He said, I don't wear condoms, you know what I'm saying? So what I look like wearing a mask, you know what I'm saying, for COVID-19. I was like, that's the realest shit ever spoke. Sorry, I'm talking that's the realest God, shit. You know God saying? bless America. That's right around here, raw dogging hoes now, all right? Like Future said, niggas out here fucking with no rubbers, that shit brazy. And, and that's that's what it is. Y'all out here fucking hoes like they y'all old ladies with no condom, bro. Y'all crazy as hell, so... Over nineteen, they shit for y'all. Y'all out here, y'all out here. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, right? You made, yeah, you made, you made that choice to sin. You know what I'm saying? You know, you gotta, you gotta get right. You gotta get right. Like, like, 
Who, who sung that song? Aerosmith <laughs> living on that. That is Aerosmith. Good, good throwback for the, for the younger viewers out there. Great All right, speaking, speaking of a man who's living right, Mr. Bridges, uh, who uh-huh. got joining us for the Be Real with Your Grind interview series? A very special guest. Very special guest. We got a young man, you know, what I'm saying who is the pride of Anniston, Alabama. Now, where, where, well, first of all, before I get you going, I just want to ask you, where is Anniston, Alabama? Uh, Anniston, Alabama is is a. a a small city in um, in Northeast Alabama is south. It's two hours south of Huntsville, and then it's right in between Birmingham and then the great city of Atlanta. Okay, I said there we go. Reviews, you heard them. All right, I'm, I'm from the south. I'm from Macomb, I'm from Macomb, Mississippi. Most of y'all don't know what the hell that's at, but I, I pretty much know <laughs> Macomb. I mean, I pretty much know Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia. Like I know like the back of my hand because that's the south, and I've been all through them joints. So yeah, I, but I had I, I never heard that name before. So, Anderson, Alabama, you know what I'm saying? The pride of Anderson, Alabama High School. He got a scholarship to the Clemson University, all right? Yeah. Uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful institution. Uh, a couple of my homeboys went there. Nick Easton, black ass. Shout out to Big Nick. How we doing, brother? Uh, one of my guys for life. That's uh, 03. That's how we do it. Uh, this young man, you know what I'm saying, joined the fraternity of the NFL. I want to say in 2012. All right? Yes, sir. In 2012. That's right. He played for the Baltimore Ravens as a rookie, and I think he won a Super Bowl ring. I did, I did. Hey, I look at that, man. You lucky someone was, boy, look at him. Uh, <laughs> so, then we jumped around a little bit with a lot of cats doing the NFL. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Got through the NFL. Uses, uses resources wisely. All right, I'm going to let him tell y'all more about that. The one and only Mr. Anton McClain, man. Thank you for joining the JB and Benny Review, sir. You guys for having this, man. So, wait, wait where you guys want me to start at? Just... Uh, Run journey. it down, brother. Run it down. The floor is yours. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you guys for that great, that great introduction, man. Um, so, like you said, I, I grew up in the, the great city of Anderson, Alabama. Um, had a chance to uh, be recruited by you know great, great little schools, and ended up choosing Clemson. Spent four years there, three years starter, number two or number three on the you know all-time starts list. Uh, <laughs> So um had a chance to play four year, five years in NFL and then now I'm, I'm actually uh working in student athlete development at University of Tennessee. Um by way of uh, doing a year, year and a half uh internship with the NFL League Office, I had a chance to uh, make some great connections, learn about will help guys understand the process of going from, you know, being a rookie into a veteran and also too just that transition from college into into NFL and then after that we were help guys help guys get their resources, learn their resources about everything that's available and then helping those guys put their transition into what they so-called real life. So here I am today, guys. Beautiful. So what I, what I want to talk about is, is that transition. You know what I'm saying? Like, so broke it down. That word transition is super important, especially for guys that are playing professional sports, not just the NFL, because everybody don't stick, right? Everybody don't make it. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like what you do with your opportunity that's super important, right? You show me two people, you know what I'm saying, that have the same ability, but one thinks that this ability is going to take them everywhere, and the other one is like, you know what? Let me start doing some other things, you know what I'm saying? Or let me take advantage of the things that this organization has to offer. The NFL has many internships, they have many programs, so on and so forth. So let's talk about that transition. At the, at the point where you realize, okay, you know, I might not, might not be doing this for a long time, being planned. Your mindset changed at what point, and what was the first step? Well, my mindset changed when I was in Canada. I realized I wasn't, you know, some number one guy. But then it's kind of the same thing that was happening in the league offices. I mean, sorry, in the league that happened in Canada. So I realized, you know, guys were making a lot more money being firemen and 
vice presidents and banks and and that so forth. So I, I told myself, I'm not going to continue to beat myself and play this game. I'm ready to start my life. So um, I ended up getting a job for like three months at a car dealership. I realized I didn't like lying to people, but I also stayed close. I stayed close uh, with the um, the alumni relations department for the Cardinals with Melissa and Adam Richmond and all those guys there. Shout out Bird Gang all day. All right. So I uh, I actually got invited to go to the Bridge of Success program, which helps over 100 and something NFL players, former and guys who were thinking about leaving the game, help those guys, you know, find their path and end up going down there and um, connecting with some great alumni. Ended up getting hired at a uh, Grand Canyon University as a um, enrollment counselor. Got a chance to work with some student athletes as well as doing some online enrollment. Same as sales, I didn't like that. But what always, what always did me good justice, I always was close with my player development guys. And one of my favorites, like my mentor, my father figure, one of my father figures I look to as a mentor is Mr. Harry Swain. He um, brought the information to me about um, the league office hiring guys to get that, that business exposure to the league on the other side of football. So I interviewed for the position uh, and ended up, you know, getting it. But that transition, man, in between that story, you're going to deal, I dealt with a lot of like, you know, heartbreak, um, confusion, the why me. Um, But I never let that, you know what I'm saying? I never let that get me down, but I'm a Sagittarius. So we keep everything bottled up until we can feel, we can trust someone with that information. So I went through the whole thing, man, the identity crisis, the identity, loss of identity, trying to figure out who am I as a person, what am I good at? And then I realized I didn't know shit, so I always kept that, you know, I kept reading, I kept learning. Mm. So, but anyway, that took me a long way as far as after football. So, but that, it, it's, it's it's tough, man. It, it's tough. Because you got the guys who don't have any money, who, who leave the league, who were the journeymen, they didn't make a lot of money, but they still have the smarts and the whatnot, but they still go through their identity, um, loss of identity. Identity right. foreclosure, as they call it. And then you have guys who have $40 million and still go to the bank. They feel, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. not a man no more. I can just provide money for my family. But, like, I spend all this time on the road and traveling. I'm not the man at home because my wife runs my house because she's been there the whole time while you used right. to fall. And guys deal with their homies changing and their family looking at you different. So, but one thing that helped me throughout that whole thing was meditation, man. I found, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt of Alabama, so... I understand my faith. I understand where my strength lies. But when I found meditation, um, I kind of stopped begging God. I started like just putting it out there. And then whatever I said that first time, I believe it was going to happen. So, and it's been happening ever since, man. That's super dope right there. You're talking about loss of identity. You know, I went through it um, or identity crisis, if you will, as a player uh, transitioning back into the world. Because it's just like you got out of the army. Right, if you can compare it to a lot of things, it's just it's, it's the same as somebody getting out of jail that's been in there for ten years. You know what I'm saying? Because it's that extreme. Like you only know one thing, right? Mm-hmm. You really only know one thing. You know practice. You know weights. You know what time you got to be there. You know what time pretty much you're gonna leave. You know what I'm saying? You know you know you got to be there for this long. All these things that you know, all of a sudden it's gone, right? right? So now it's, it's back to the world. You got to do things that that normal. I say civilians being last every time I say this, but. What right. regular civilians do because they're not athletes. It's just not right. It's a whole other world. Probably the best job in the world you go have. You know what I'm saying? Is being a professional athlete. Not so much right. for the money because you ain't doing shit. To be real. You know what I'm saying? You fucking your body up. I understand that. But at the same time, you playing a game, a, a boy's game as a man. 
You're right, but I, I, do, I do think so too, man. It gets complicated once you get to that college level because it becomes a business. It's still a, it's still a boy's game. It's still right. throw them up, eat them up with a little structure. So my thing is when guys go through that, that's another thing too, man. Guys, you know, but I grew up in the whole system where you block him, you block him. I didn't know about schemes as far as who's the mic point. I didn't learn that in high school. But who is, I mean, what's the, what's the format? <laughs> If I wasn't on the formation to tight end, I didn't know the, I'm, whatever. I don't know what the play is, so stuff like that, man. You then you think about going from thinking like that strategically, helping guys. What I do now is helping guys take that same energy, and same mindset, and applying it to you know developing your your network outside of the field, but developing your actual networking cluster, whatnot, and then also too just developing your identity outside of sports. So that's one of the things I think you talk about identity is what we try to help guys with to this day as far as learning yourself outside of the helmet or the cleats, whatever you want to make say. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting, Antoine, in terms of like your position from not only playing, but also going undrafted. And like you said, you're working with young men at the college level. What do you feel, what do you feel like you're kind of bringing to the table or kind of like some of the information, like you've been able to kind of go over the hill and see what's on the other side to bring back to some of these young cats and be like, look, been through the process. I understand what it means, like you said, to play at a major program and feel like the business part of it is kind of clouding around you while you're trying to stay focused at the task at hand. What has that kind of been, what's that perspective Mm -hmm. been from going from that position, feeling like, damn, I'm going to be in a league and then maybe like you said, by the time you get to Canada, you're like, okay, it's time to start making that transition, finding that next identity point like you spoke of and having that information back. Like, Look, this is the route I went through. How can, how can I help direct this roadmap for the, for the next guys coming up? Well, I think it starts in the college rounds because when I was in school, 2008, 2011, we didn't really have the life skills program, all the program that's, that's going on now that schools are starting to take take advantage of now. So I didn't know about some internships. I didn't know about uh, networking because I felt like I'm in this bubble. And so I'm like, I I mean, on the off season, I'm not going to do internships. I'm going to do train and relax. I didn't know about all that stuff. So I think now that more schools are providing those opportunities for, for student athletes, and I think now in the NFL, we are doing a great job in player engagement to make sure that guys know more about these programs and these resources that you guys have. And then I think for me, what my value is to this space, I think it is more my experience of what I didn't do. And now that I know that the know-how, now that I'm getting caught up or caught up or whatnot, I can tell these same guys like, hey, I may not have been in the same scenario, but I've been where you are. So like, listen here. And then also too, having guys come in who are successful at the football and having the guys like myself who we know have to figure it out for a little bit at the football. So I think it's all about peer to peer, man, because Guys, can, you can throw programs and all stuff in guys' face until they trust you and know that you've been through the, the ranks of the fire, then they're not going to really, all right, I hear you, bro. But some guys will have to be what we call hard-headed. They're going to have to touch that fire, man. So you can you can speak all day, but when you become genuine and more one-on-one with guys, that's when they take heat, and that's when you get guys to listen. Okay, or you may, you have some guys come in who already know what they want to do. So on off-season, they're working towards it already. So, But but everybody's not like a Tory on um, Smith or – all those guys who worked on the offseason to make sure they were going to be okay on the off, I mean, after the season, to make sure they can be good at football. So cause everybody think they're going to play for 10 or 12 years. So just right, having right. those guys that already been through the experience. 
And it's dope, man. That the kids. Uh, what? What's the What's the name of the? Uh, you got a, You got a job as a player development, correct? Well, I'm I'm a student athlete uh, development. I'm an assistant in that role, but um, here I'll be working my way up to director here soon. So of course, without a doubt. What now? Where is that at? Uh, University of Tennessee in Knoxville. So I have University a chance. University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Okay. Not, not just football, but just all sports. I think you know because everybody go through it. Right, <laughs> even, right. Even in some sports, it's more because some sports don't have professional. So they they working on that thing from the time they get in there, and sometimes right. they exit out or graduate. Right. Well, either way, either way goes, man. The kids is lucky, you know. What I'm saying to have somebody with experience uh, to, to be able to sit and chop it up with, you know. What I'm saying so, and I understand what you're saying as a player, uh, like being in um in Arizona and having Anthony Edwards. You know what I'm saying? Mighty man. Uh, Anthony, Anthony was phenomenal, man, because he played in the league. He had a story to tell. You know, of course, he was a man of God. But, you know, when, when A says something, you listen because right. you know he was coming from a genuine place. So, man, them kids are since he knocks feel lucky to have my guy, Anton McClain, you know what I'm saying, leading them and guiding them in the right direction, you know what I'm saying, mentally, mentally, spiritually, you know what I'm saying, because he's meditating now, you know what I'm saying. And then we're talking about professionally as well. So, speaking of professional, Right, got some action going on in the news. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Some right. things going on about the Rooney Rule. Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, Rooney Rule. Okay, yeah. so from from what I understand, I mean, you probably know know more of the facts. From what I understand is that the NFL is, it was it was trying to give incentives to 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 interview or even and even hire minority coaches. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. trying to figure out some kind of stipulation to make it make a avenue where minority coaches are more prone to get head coaching jobs. Right. So, I mean, in my, my my philosophy, this is how I feel about it. Why you make your opinion on it? Is that you shouldn't give me a job, right? Right. I know a lot of people who are totally unqualified to be coaching anybody, white, black, other. It don't matter. They have no business being in charge of young minds when it comes to football. <laughs> like, none, no business at all. None. Right. Mm-hmm. I know I'm more qualified than most people in the NFL to coach offense. Right? I'm not shooting yes. yes. my own horn. <laughs> we both are. <laughs> but, I know, yeah, but I know what I know. And I know I understand the game of football to a T. And I understand coaching to a T. And I understand how to lead men. Right? right. Some guys ain't even got that. Right? Yeah. Owners are hiring people who look like them. And coaches are hiring people who look like them. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the NFL trying to push the Rooney Rule to another level? Well, I actually had a chance of briefing and hearing that. I didn't get the whole detail of that story, but my opinion is it's a buddy system, man. You, we, we all know this. It's buddy-buddy. Sure. It has nothing to do with race or whatnot. It's more buddy-buddy. And from my standpoint, I look at it as more people of our of our skin tone and, and color in, that's playing actual football. But I think about it like this, man. We have to. We already know that African Americans or people of, of brown descent have to work extra harder to just be good enough to be at the basic. But at the same time, we have to be. I think we have to be prepared, which you are prepared to, you know, get the opportunity. But I think what I think happens is we can speak to the choir all day, but we need to get the actual decision makers in the room while we have while we having these arguments. I know. Um, Troy Vincent is heavy on that, bringing in um, more former players and as well as guys of minority to help, you know, bridge that gap. Right. Because you think about relating to players, it's, it's, uh, and 
I'm not racist by far, but it's like I said, it's more of brown descent than it is of, of any other race in the NFL. So I think, you know, why wouldn't you have a majority or even a mixed crowd of, of owners and GMs and coaches and whatnot in higher places? Um, Jim Carwell spoke on this too at our um, QB Summit in Atlanta. He was talking about how, like I just said, we have to make sure that we are prepared, which we are at the same time, but we don't have time to get ready. We have to already be ready. So when that trigger is pulled, but for me, in my opinion, I think when we have these discussions amongst our, ourselves, like the QB Summit, I believe that we should have more of the shot callers and top tier guys who make decisions in that room. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. That's good. Good point. Yeah, and I mean, just, just to give you guys context in terms of what was actually talked about, uh, and I guess passed in, in the uh, in the virtual owners meetings, you know, due to the due to the pandemic and whatnot. So now they're saying that clubs. That I'm reading this from the quote: clubs have to interview two external minority candidates for head coaching jobs and at least one minority candidate for any coordinator job. In addition, teams must interview one external minority candidate for senior football operations and general manager jobs. Teams and the NFL League office must also include minorities and or female applicants for senior level positions, including club president jobs. Um, Antoine, this is something we've actually chopped it up with um, and got very real about um, um several occasions on this fine program so when so when you know so when you when you're speaking facts about the percentage of the league i mean that's real 70 to 80 percent of the players are players of color that's just, that's just a right. fact and but here's my oh, okay. i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead so to me that sounds like a firm of action you gotta hire somebody because then why not just why can't it just be they good enough for the job they're qualified right. Right. Exactly. We, right. They are. There's plenty of people of, of black or brown, whatever you want to say, that is qualified. Like, I look at um, the OC from the Chiefs. He's damn near qualified. I look yeah, at, yeah. yeah, I look at, that's a lot of coaches that qualified to be head coaches or GMs. Um, Harold Goodwin, who was my office line coach, qualified to be a head coach in the um, National Football League. He, he knows VA system. He knows office. He knows football. He's probably one of the smartest guys I've been around. And he's a brother. And I look at Juan Castillo, who's a Mexican guy, who's a Mexican of descent. Great offensive line coach. And he knows football. He's a hard ass worker. He's gonna work you to the depth, but he's gonna love on you. So Juan Castillo is my rookie coach, but I know him very well. <laughs> oh, you, you had the sandbags and all that. Oh yeah, yeah. Seventy five pounds, baby. Bro, Juan had me, man. Like Juan came in. He was came in between my fresh my, my, my rookie year at the end of the, the playoff session. But he became the offensive line coach that following year. Man, yeah. I was on practice squad and I was 53 man roster after I got, after me and Juan got finished working together. And he called every day after practice during camp. Who, what coach does that? Oh yeah, that's him. So, yeah. He breaks your heart, man. But it's, it's it's very simple and he he slowed down football for me too. So guys like that, why not give them a coaching job because they know players and the they are, they are players they are player coaches from one point, but then. They know what's going on and they're very qualified. Right. The, the, yeah. best, the best the best coaches are leaders of men, like Ron Rivera. Uh, yeah. Joe Belichick. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just, these just, just examples of guys who are leaders of men. All right. Bill Belichick looks like a, a Stonehenge when you see him, but everybody that's played for him is like, they love him. I love the dude and I respect him to the fullest because all he actually do is come in and do your job and do it at a high level. Right. 
That's it. And that's it. And he's going to hold you accountable to that standard at all times. Same thing with B.A. Same thing with Run. You know what I'm saying? These guys are going to hold you accountable. And, like, you know, you have, like, it, 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 it pisses me off because, like, that's why I said it's like affirmative action. It's the first thing that came to my mind when I read I'm like, so you're just going to add affirmative action to the NFL? Like, right. Like, goes like, damn, that's that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I'm just to be completely honest with you. Like, I understand y'all trying to make the shit better, but how? But it's, but it's how I see it. Okay, so what if it's affirmative action? When they get more guys in, we can bring more of their people in. Right. But I'm, no, all, like, but I'm all for diverse and inclusion, man. To accept right. our department too as well. So why wouldn't you want to have a multifaceted player, I mean, players organization? When you're picking someone to be the leader of a team, I want that same guy to reflect the the, the personnel, the coaches, the, the staff, the players, everybody to reflect that, not just a skin color, but I want him to be that same like-minded and talk about athlete, I mean, divergence. So why not have a multi-faceted, have women on your staff, have black men on your staff, have um, any race on your staff that's going to re- reflect the demographic? Look, I feel like if they can do the job, they should get hired for the job. Again, black we, know, we, know, we, we know, we understand, you know what I'm saying? Like, I tell Ben this all the time. So who you know lead, right? And that's right. the part that sucks about it, because like you said earlier there, and I said it, you know, hire people that look like them. You know what I'm saying? Like, instead of hiring the best person for the job. Right. And that's where it's funky. That's where it's not cool, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, yeah, this dude, he qualified, but he ain't my guy. So I'm going to hire my guy. You know what I'm Even if he can't do the job as well as the cat that I didn't hire. Right. And that's the sad part about the situation. So, you know, like my thing I've learned the NFL gonna do what the NFL wanna do is we can talk about it all day. We ain't gonna change it. <laughs> like they gonna do what the fuck they wanna do. Right. Like kinda like our government. Yeah. Right. What would you know? And, and and funny and funny enough, just like what Antoine was saying about, you know, hiring a woman for certain positions. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's time we we give we give a lady the big job, you know? You know, maybe Yo, the little it's time. Men, men have been fucking it up for since 1776. Maybe all, all we do is fuck it up, bro. That's all we do is fuck it up. I mean, you get you get cats in there, like excuse me, I'm sorry, but you get cats in there. Like my thing about being president, right? I don't give a damn what color you are, and we got stipulations. Okay, you had to be born in the United States. You got to be 44 years of age or older. Okay, right? 35 does 44. 44. I think it's 44. You got to be 44 years of older. I'm almost certain, bro, because I because when I because when I read it, I was like, why 44? How old do you have? Uh, how old to run for president? Let's find out. Right so. Bam, 35 years of age or a resident for 14 years. 35. Mm. Yeah, wow. they had to just change. I know when I was younger, I used to hear that shit all the time. Like, you got to be 44 years. All right. They just, they just, they just kept, like, the older you got, the further they kept pushing it out. Yes. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you mean? They dropping it. You can be 21 with a valid ID. You can be president. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> but real shit, I'm a firm believer that they, so we were talking about the NFL, right? You shouldn't be able to be president unless you have held a public office in some form of government. We know, we don't want no more reality stars as presidents, right? Yeah, we did that with Reagan. <laughs> And I think even I think even Ronald Reagan like was like a bullshit ass mayor, a constable or some shit <laughs> before he you know what I'm became a president. He did something with the government. You know what I'm saying? I, I will I will say I will say this though, and JB, we've talked about this on several occasions, and Antoine, I'm sure you can appreciate this. There 
due due to the money, due to agents pushing their clients, due to the, the hiring culture, I think one of the biggest things to solve this problem is the hiring process. For example, and we've said this, JB. This might this might be our next merch. Every coordinator does not need to be a head coach. If no. you are the number one offensive coordinator, but you don't have the temperament to be a head coach, as JB said, to be a leader of men, be the OC. Be the highest paid OC and dominate that position. Stop trying yeah. to push to be the head yeah. coach of the Browns. Just, just for the paper, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Cam said it on pay the fool years ago when it first came out. Half these cats want to be the man just because. Just because. It ain't no right reason. They just want to have the man after they title. Joe Blow, head coach of the, whoever gives a damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, man. You brought up, you brought up Belichick and, and Antoine, I'm pretty sure you watched this. I've watched this probably like five times. It's, it's Belichick and Nick Saban, the art of coaching. Yeah. I'm telling you, that is one of they the They shut the door for, for about an hour before that guy could go in that room. You know that, right? Talk about it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. They, man, listen, Bill Belichick, Though he technically played college football, as JB said, he looks like a walking stonehead. So it's harder for him to build trust in those rooms. So this dude basically went from every single position until he got to the point of he literally climbed the ladder rung yeah. by rung yeah, to, right. to be a head coach. And you have to be able to afford guys like yourselves trying to get to that level to be able to do the same thing because you're going to be better in the long run. Then you'll but be a head coach. And the right we don't understand, like, like me, that's what they, one thing I had a problem with until I just let go. Um, that you're not gonna be perfect. I had a very tough father growing up. Like, any little thing I did, I was like, so I, I got really nervous about messing up. But like, I realized that's gonna make you a better person, man. You can't be perfect. You're not gonna be perfect. You got to learn, you got to mess up. You got to, you're gonna have to mess up an opportunity. You're gonna have to mess up a girl opportunity with a, with a woman. You're gonna have to mess that bag up to realize, okay, I need to save money. Okay, I need to be more thoughtful of her physical. I need, okay, I need to be more prepared for this job. So I think the all the, like you said, like he went through all the wrong and mishaps and made him a better player. Like we don't understand because we so stuck on probably our parents were super tough on us growing up or growing up in this social media where, where everything is instant gratification. So the true hustles, like my man uh, Jay Prince talked about this too, man. You have to go through the wrongs and understand, all right, cool. So I'm not going to do that anymore. But you have some guys who don't who learn from, from people's mistakes too as well. So it goes hand in hand, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt, brother. Well, look, before before we get you out of here, man, tell us, tell us real quick how the corona and the quarantine has been affecting the job that you're doing currently and moving forward to end this on a positive note, most certainly, what what it what is in the future? What what is the next five to ten years career wise and life wise for for Mr. McLean? All right, so the Rona. So I'm big to it right now, and as far as affecting my work, it hasn't. I don't really start until July first. But what I have oh. been been taking a chance to get my certification as a student athlete development specialist in front of the University of Florida. So. I get up in the morning, man, I meditate. I might go run at the park. Then I come home and I do a workout. Then I start my day by around nine. I drink my beet juice in the morning, drink my smoothies. Then I take my time on my work throughout the day. Then I take little breaks here and there. Then I just, it's smooth selling, man. It's kind of like designing your own life. I could, I'm not on, my, I'm not on anybody's schedule right now. So it's been having time to, to read what I want to read, focus on what I want to focus in on and take care of myself and my body and my mental. So. 
when we start back in July, get the ground running with a fresh start. And as far as my five to 10 year plan, well, from five years from now, I'm gonna start with five, cause 10 years is kind of like far off. Um, so five years from now, I'm looking to be either um, a director or, um, yeah, director of either player engagement in NFL or a director or um, CEO of football operations on one of these clubs or maybe an NFL um, office one day or and also to work remote man <laughs> as far as dealing with that but and then also too man um continue to develop uh, my entrepreneurship I, I definitely went on a barbershop one day um two reasons why because that's where I've got my therapy and all my knowledge from of like life from the barbershop and two when I start with my little leagues and giving back to the community as far as from student athletes and younger kids and whatnot, that'll be my foundation for, you know, my, my barbershop. Cause where I grew up at, that was the center of the neighborhood, the barbershop. So just want to give back to the community that way and then help people feel better about themselves, cutting their hair, you know, getting some counseling I mean, every day. And 10 years from now, I'll be 40. So I'm not trying to be, I'll be either finishing up my career in that in the student athlete development space or NFL as far as player engagement and I just look at myself owning multiple properties and you know, raising my kids man and then traveling wherever with my beautiful wife man that sounds that sounds like the renter right there JB nice like right there you know what I'm saying that's definitely uplifting you know what I'm saying y'all reviewers understand you know what I'm saying uh, we always bringing y'all the the good content man you know what I'm saying my, my man Anton McClain just got through it. I'll be real with your grind segment, man. We appreciate you being on. Yeah, man. Uh, we'll we get together soon, bro. You know what I'm saying? You better get back to the desert. You let me know you're here. Oh, yeah. I'll be out there probably um, this summer sometime when all this Rona clear up. You know that you, don't, you can't survive in, in the heat. So, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they say. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> we, don't know, we don't know what the hell this thing can do or what it can't do no more. It's just like fucking like a Terminator. It, it, I think it's like it's like the it's T1000. It's developing as it goes. It's just kind of picking up knowledge and kicking our ass. So you're dropping the acid for it to die. For real, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you dropping the hot the hot lava. You know what I'm saying? So with the chip, you know what I'm saying? So we appreciate you being on, brother. You know what I'm saying? Take care, of you folks out there. You know, are you are you in Tennessee right now? You in Alabama? I'm in Clarksville, Tennessee, chilling, man. Clarksville, Tennessee. All right. Where, where can people find you? Uh, social media, all that. Oh, my, okay, I get to drop my social media tag. Oh, yeah, tags. plug it, plug it, baby. All right, my Instagram is uh, at MacLife256. That's M-A-C-L-I-F-E-256. I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm not on Twitter, somewhere, but mostly my Instagram is, bro. Mostly active in LinkedIn. Okay, you can, JB, hey, you can tell he's a Twitter, bro. First, first yeah, guest. Uh, Twitter. First guest. Just, just for, just look, get a Twitter, dog, just for fun. Like yeah. get a Twitter, pump it. Like no, I, have it. I have it, but I I don't. It's it's um uh, it's the same thing. It's at MattLife two five six. Oh, okay, yeah. Follow me, reviewers. Hey, JB, first, first guest to ever plug is LinkedIn. That's a true professional. I, when I heard it, I was like, that's a businessman, baby. That's, that's a businessman, baby. That plug, that plug came with a suit and tie with that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. No doubt, man. Well, look, we're going to be at you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hey, as, as we do all with all our guests, tell your friends about us, bro. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate you being on. And you have been listening to the JBNB Review. And that'll be it. Yeah. Wow. Till next time, follow us at JB and Benny Blue. JB and Benny Blue Review.com for all past episodes of content. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're available on all platforms, all that good stuff. Stay safe. Hug your family. Social distance. 
and that. wash your hands. Hey, real, hey, and wash work your hands, please. And work out like y'all. Yeah. Bad out there. <laughs> Stop drinking every day, man. Eat, drink some. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's how the quarantine started. Everybody start drinking. Yeah, fuck it. Don't yeah. back. You get some of that beet juice. Have some meditation. You know, you'll be all right. You know, yes, get sir. right. Get center. Smoke all right, we out. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, everyone. I'll let you, man. All right, bro. Appreciate y'all, man. At the Honda Summer Sales Event, one summer adventure leads to another. Start with a new Honda and be on your way to desert treks, lakeside getaways, and mountain paths so remote you need an actual map. For a limited time, well-qualified buyers can get 1.9% APR on the 2021 Honda Accord and 0% APR on the 2021 HRV or Pilot. Start your Honda safe adventure at NorCalHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details. Ah, Mondays. Just became Mondays. Mondays just got more exciting. Powerball now draws three days a week. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.